0: 640 here on News Radio 92 3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. And joining me now, I have Christian Wagley, who is the Coastal Director for Healthy Gulf here in uh, Northwest Florida. Christian, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Good morning. It's always great to be here. Oh, man, good to have you. I appreciate you taking some time out. I know you're super busy these days. So, uh, first thing is I want to talk with you about is the restriction or proposed restriction on the areas in escambia pensacola and east bay where the water is adequate for us to have oyster uh, farms and uh, i think there was even a meeting about this just yesterday so let's talk a little bit about this for people who just for for people who might not be familiar with what's been happening with water quality and how it affects the oyster farming can you maybe give them i know it's a lot of material but can you maybe just give them the 30 second kind of Here's what's been happening, and here's why this matters.
1: Yeah, sure thing. So um, there are areas of our bays that are approved for oyster harvest, and fortunately the state, the Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services, regularly tests those areas for the presence of bacteria that can come from either human sources or potentially from animals, birds, uh, other mammals. Um, And if those, those bacteria are there in higher numbers, it can indicate there can be diseases there that can make people sick if they eat those oysters. So it's very much protecting the public's health. And unfortunately, the trends have been in a very negative direction on that, and they're having to expand the areas of the Bay that are closed to oyster harvest. So now the areas that we can draw oysters from, both for aquaculture and for you know for the farms and the wild harvest, has been shrunken down now. And that, that has just been made final in, in the last couple of weeks. And there was a huge meeting yesterday, about 60 people in the room coming together over in Milton to try to talk about finding the cause of this and finding solutions.
0: Great. no, Thanks so much. And so what we really have is this question of, you know, where is it allowable? Where is it safe? Because, as you say, we can't have, you know, we already know there's built-in risks of eating raw oysters, for example, but, you know, we want to reduce those risks as much as we can. One question, you gave a really good presentation on this to the city of Milton uh, back in November, the presentation for which I had you send me, and I appreciate that. When I'm looking at it, there, one of the maps on here shows where oyster farming is happening And there were two locations that I knew of that I don't see on the map. And so I'm just kind of curious about that. One is right off of scenic by the high rise, the the one oyster fishery there. And then the one like at the south end of the Garson Point Bridge, I don't see those represent. I do see a lot of them shown on East Escambia Bay uh, on the sort of west side of the Garson Peninsula, and then kind of scattered all over East Bay, particularly uh, up in the uh, toward the very end of it, at the north end of like the you know Holly area kind of vicinity. But um, th- those those areas are still operational, right? The ones off of scenic and the one down by Garson Point. Am I wrong?
1: Well, so I think here's what you're seeing on that map. What you're actually talking about are the locations of wild oyster bed, oh. not farmed oyster beds. thank you perfect yep. okay so i don't i think yeah i think that map might not show where the actual All right. farms okay, are I'm those just, farms let's... you mentioned are are still there okay yeah um the those darker patches on there are where there are wild oysters that are out there surviving on their own
0: perfect okay so the question then is where are we doing farming and i know it's hard to translate a map to people on the radio but uh the proposed or the now as you say finalized restrictions can you maybe just describe a little bit about which water areas have historically been prohibited and now which how that's been expanded because the map is pretty dramatic on the expansion
1: yeah it's many thousands of acres uh, of reduction so oysters have a sweet spot of habitat that they like right a little not too salty not too fresh kind of right in between and so they typically have liked to being in um, <clears throat> that Escambia Bay area, let's say south of the I-10 bridge, um, down toward Gulf Breeze, and then up in the East Bay, and just coming up just to kind of touch the Blackwater Bay area. That's kind of been the core of their habitat, eastern side of Escambia Bay and up in the East Bay. And so um, the area is closer to the river, so as you go north up in Escambia Bay, closer to the Escambia River coming in, And in Blackwater Bay, going up towards where the Blackwater River comes in, basically you imagine a line from those rivers just going south and coming down into the bays. uh, That's kind of the areas that have expanded and unfortunately um, shrunk areas available for harvest for us. Now, the good thing is it is a protective measure, and you can be sure that the state is doing everything they can to protect public health.
0: Yeah, and when you look at, like you said, you know, lots and lots of space removed from the available area uh, because, you know, like you say, we've got the, where these areas where the rivers feed into the bay, and that's where you get the not yet the Gulf salt water, but still, you know, no longer the freshwater entirely. Those are the parts, and they've been dramatically reduced. Is this because of... I mean, is this septic to sewer? Is this rainfall running off of, you know, ground that has fertilizer on it? Is this that and many other things? Like, what are the problems here, Christian?
1: Yeah, I think most um, folks believe it's probably septic tanks. Okay. Are, they're generally the largest contributor in this type of situation. But, yes, yeah, stormwater runoff from developed areas can also be a, a, a contributor. There's, they're really what we're talking about now. We had this meeting yesterday. We need to do some additional research and field work where there's different sampling techniques that scientists can use as they go up into a waterway um, and they can sample for and determine whether, for example, the the, the bacteria that are coming from human sources or from animal sources. And that's an important thing in determining both the disease risk to humans and also the source. So, is it coming from, like, they can even detect, like, caffeine in the water and artificial sweeteners. And if they find that, they know it's coming from human sources. If they don't find that, it might be coming from raccoons, birds. Like that. That makes sense. So that's really a next step that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I'm inferring from the now uh, implemented restrictions that if we don't do something since we're on this trend towards losing space for oyster farming that the concern is that if we don't really get this under control we're going to lose more space which means of course it's contaminated water which is an inherently bad thing but that we could potentially even lose sort of all of the ability to do oyster farming in the bay is that is that a is that the concern over time
1: yeah that's certainly true we are in a negative trend on on this um one oyster farmer because of this closure now is actually having to at her expense move her entire farm to a different area um so she's been affected by this new closure um so that's a that's a big cost on her um but there's even a bigger and and worse issue going on here so there's this issue obviously of these closures and the important thing to understand is oysters can still live in these areas even though if there's high bacteria like the oysters are not um, they're not affected by that in terms of their ability to live there. Gotcha. It's just that they can harbor those back, those those pathogens that can affect us. The bigger issue, and this was reinforced in the meeting yesterday is, is the larger trends of oysters are all in a negative direction. Our local oyster Um, population is absolutely decimated. It's been reduced by probably more than 90%, and all the recent trends are still bad. When they go out and sample for them, when they go out and sample for them, there are fewer oysters than there used to be. There's less density of oysters than there used to be. They're smaller than they used to be. They're finding them in fewer places than they used to find them. Unfortunately, all the trends are terribly negative. And this is a reflection of water quality, poor water quality. Water, 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 oysters are what we call a keystone species. So they're like an indicator um, of good and bad. And you know, it's almost like if a human being gets heart disease or diabetes or something as an adult, there's probably something going on with your lifestyle and your diet. And, you know, that's an indication, right? And the fact that oysters are so sick now is a reflection of, of poor water quality in our bays. And that's, and that's coming from what we do on the land, largely. Yeah. That's the way we develop Um, It could be some from agriculture as well, but it's from what we do on the land.
0: So we have have really two problems that run alongside each other. Problem number one is the contamination and the uh, diseases that are bad for humans who eat the oysters farmed in the bay. Uh, The second one is the water quality, which is harming the oysters uh, and killing them. And obviously that's an indicator of the overall health of the bay, which has greater consequences than just the oysters which are themselves suffering wow okay so i mean god we haven't even gotten into the fish farm which i really wanted to talk with you about maybe we'll have to bring you back for that but um you know solutions here you're the expert but i'm guessing it's kind of the thing we've been beating the drum about which is the you know get the septic converted over to sewer um, get you know better land management practices when we're developing to prevent runoff um, and i I mean you tell me am i what what pieces of this puzzle am i missing
1: no you pretty much name those things yeah um, con- converting um, areas on septic to sewer and I think you know you're not going to be able to do all of that at once so you have to try to prioritize there may be areas that are more problematic um, than others areas in very low lying areas. Septic systems need at least two feet between the bottom of the drain field and the water table to work properly. And there's probably areas along the bays where, um, especially with sea level rise, the water is pushing up beneath those septic tanks and they're not, they're not working anymore the way they should, but the treatment's not going long. So you need to try to prioritize where the, the real hot spots treat those first um and as far as the what's happening on the land the the, the real important thing to understand is probably the biggest thing that and there's multiple things but that's destroying these oyster reefs it's what we call sediment which is just loose soil right it's dirt from the land it's what's running off construction sites and dirt roads and farm fields and all of these things and it it literally smothers and buries the reefs. and the scientists are out there looking they're describing just this almost like a cloud of sediment on the on the bottom, and the oysters are just being buried. And even when they put shell out there, new shell out there for the oysters to the, the, the baby oysters called spat to, to attach to, because they have to have something hard. Um, it's getting buried and smothered right away, which is just a, a, a it's just a terrible situation out there right now. So that's got to get
0: stabilized. So I am assuming again. You tell me if I'm wrong. I am assuming that the massive amount of cutting and developing particularly in Santa Rosa County, and I'm thinking particularly down on the peninsula, but it's certainly also true in the north end um, as well. Uh, I'm assuming a lot of this problem is connected with that, uh, particularly the loss of uh, water quality is connected with that. So my question to you is, is it a direct byproduct of the sheer volume of development, or is it a byproduct of development not done properly, both, neither,
1: yeah, I don't know if I can characterize which. It's certainly both. Okay. You know, Santa Rosa County is one of the fastest growing in a state. Yeah. Um, and, yes, there's a lot of examples of poor poor erosion control practices on sites. But even even then, once you've converted that land to development, uh, there's a certain amount of water that runs off that site now that wasn't there before. You've lost the trees that are there to, to soak that up.
0: Sure. Um, we need
1: more and more forests. We need a smaller development footprint. And that's a real challenge in Santa Rosa County that's supposed to grow by 56,000 people over the next 20 years. And whether the oysters can survive is going to depend on how we accommodate all that new growth. And we've got to do better. I hear more and more voices for that in San Rosa County, especially now. So that, that there is that awareness among the public that we've got to change the way we're doing things. But the, unfortunately, the oysters in our bays, and they're so important because they filter the water. You right. can put oysters, it's like 50 gallons, 50 gallons a day of water that's filtered. You can put them in an aquarium with a cloudy water, and within a few hours, it's clear again. So they really change. They actually improve water quality, and we're, we're missing them right now. We've got to get them back. And if we can get the oysters back, we can maybe get our bays back. They're so important. it's it's a
0: very sobering assessment. It's very concerning to me. Um, I know you've been working on this for a long time and trying to get people to pay attention, and hopefully we can get more people to pay attention, and maybe we can figure out how to do better so that we don't just have awareness of the problem but can actually remedy it a little bit. Christian Wagley, uh, he is Coastal Director for um, Healthy Gulf. Christian, as always, thanks for the work you do. Uh, Thanks for teaching me, and uh, thanks for helping us to have a better and uh, healthier uh, waterways in our community. I appreciate the work, sir.
1: You're welcome. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you, Andrew.